0: O God, who on the holy mount revealed to chosen witnesses your well-beloved Son, wonderfully transfigured and raiment white and glistening, mercifully grant that we, being delivered from the disquietude of this world, may by faith behold the King in his beauty. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. How do you... Commemorate life's most important experiences. Well, many of us, we throw parties on birthdays, we throw fancy dinners on anniversaries, and we throw receptions after funerals. If we're talking about physical commemorations, a lot of us give jewelry to a significant other on special dates. Some of us get tattoos, to remember that friend or family member that we loved, and of course, when we get married, we exchange rings. You and I are tangible, physical beings, and we find it important to take the time not only to remember these events, but to mark them, and to mark them physically by showing up to places or even by marking our own bodies. Nations do something very similar. We Americans, we commemorate the history of the United States in a number of ways. We set aside special days and seasons to reflect on our history. We've got Independence Day on July 4th, Black History Month in February, and 9-11 on, well, 9-11. But we also do physical things as well. We install monuments and plaques to memorialize and learn from our past. We here who live in New York, or maybe you live in the Northeast, you'll know that there are placards everywhere that signify the great events in the life of our country that occurred in that space. Think about it. We've got signposts in Philadelphia that say, the Continental Congress convened here. We know that George Washington gave his little toast to his generals downtown. We also know that in Greenwich Village, Aaron Burr dueled Alexander Hamilton there. There are placards that mark this everywhere. I love the ones that are like, (laughs) I mean, nothing really happened there. George Washington probably slept here. We're physical beings, we need to commemorate. During the time of Jesus, the nation of Israel would often commemorate the mighty acts of God in its history. One of these remembrances is the lesser known Feast of Tabernacles. Do you remember your Old Testament well? Do you remember the Feast of Tabernacles? Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> On these festival days, Jews would erect tents and they would sleep underneath them to recall the 40 year wilderness wanderings of their ancestors. Jews do this to, the day, to this day. Brotherhood Synagogue, right? They, it's called Sukkot. They build up these tents, and I don't know how many of these Jews are sleeping under them anymore, but you're hanging out under them for a long time. Again, it is a physical commemoration of God's mighty act on behalf of his people the people of God for the peace of tabernacles in the wilderness these people are on the move they're on the run and their children needed to remember that God was with them there in that spot why am I saying all this why are we getting commemoration happy this morning Well, a few days ago, we celebrated the Feast of the Transfiguration. Well, I didn't personally. I'm not sure that you did. I feel like a lot of us, we're all about Christmas, we're all about Easter, even Good Friday, right? But the Feast of the Transfiguration, we don't really know what to do with the Transfiguration. Okay, Jesus got all lit up on a holy mountain. What does that mean for me in my life? The colloc that I prayed at the beginning goes like this. On the Holy Mount, where Jesus was wonderfully transfigured, the Apostle Peter offered to build tabernacles to commemorate the occasion. Did you hear that? Just like in the Feast of Tabernacles, Peter, that great Apostle, the mouthpiece of all the Apostles, says, let's build a tent here. We've got to mark this spot. Something very important has happened. Moses their great leader, their great ancestor, the one who saw them through the wilderness wanderings, was somehow in their midst. And Peter's master is in raiment white and glistening and was declared God's well-beloved son. It is at. This spot. I'm pretty sure that Peter didn't get it at the time, but when Peter writes his epistle later, he makes clear that it is here that Jesus is shown as God Himself who became flesh and tabernacled among us. You know John 1, right? In the beginning, the Word became flesh. The translation of the next line is literally, and the Word tabernacled among us. He pitched his tent in the neighborhood. How could Peter not erect a marker? How could Peter, well he wouldn't do this because he's a good Jew, not get a tattoo saying, I was there when Jesus was shown as God to us. But if you remember the story, Jesus does not let him commemorate the transfiguration on that day. Remember? And right after, I mean, he calls Peter Satan, the great tempter, his best friend. He's like, what you are asking for is not the right thing. You don't get it. Why? Why wouldn't Jesus let Peter get that tattoo? He wouldn't let him build the tabernacle because he knew that Peter would think that God came to tabernacle with us in our glory. He knew that Peter would think God has come to tabernacle with humanity in its glory. Whereas, I hope, having heard a thousand Jim and Roe and Jacob Smith sermons, it's very clear. The message of the gospel is that the incarnation, God becoming one of us, is about God pitching his tent in our ruined habitation. God has become... You remember the song, What if God was one of us? Well, God did become one of us. And he became one of us. He took on flesh. He took on human nature so that he might redeem and heal it. And this is why the transfiguration is something that we need to know about, that we need to celebrate. We're going to entitle this sermon The Good News of the Transfiguration. And the good news is this. That God, in Jesus, has tabernacled with you in your story. And this includes the worst parts of your history. In those places where you and I feel abandoned, embarrassed, and ashamed, God has pitched his tent right there. In those spaces where you don't measure up, where you don't have your act together, there's a placard that reads, Jesus slept here. Not Jesus maybe slept here. Jesus slept here. And what's more, what this really means is that those areas of your life and mine that we run from, that we would never share, that we wear masks to cover, it is in those areas of your life that Christ has now deemed sacred. It's in these spaces where God can meet you. And not just can meet you, but does meet you. So friends, we should all celebrate Transfiguration Day. We can celebrate because you and I can do what Peter couldn't. We can get those tattoos. We can build up tents. We can celebrate that the God of the universe has tabernacled among us in his beauty so that he might glorify our fractured human nature from the inside out. Do you see it? This is something to commemorate. God slept here. So I'm going to shut up now. And let's commemorate all this by partaking of the Holy Eucharist. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.